Welcome to That Sacral Mm-hmm Podcast, the show where we get intimate with our human designs in order to guide ourselves towards our most pleasurable life and leadership. One of my favorite things and one of the things that make my sacral go mm-hmm is watching leaders like you claim their embodied legacies. From vulnerable shares and learning lessons to expert advice offered through the HD lens, I hope you find something here that you can take along with you on your journey to creating yours. The world needs more leaders dripping in their vitality and serving their mission from the overflow. Your time is now. Welcome to the space, and without further ado, let's jump in. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of That Sacral. Mm-hmm. So last time on the podcast, I shared with you my personal burnout story and I went deep into the symptoms that I faced when I was going through my own bout of burnout a couple of years ago. And I thought it was really important to share my story and to share, you know, where it all began because I remember during that time just feeling so alone and, um, you know, very scared about what was next for me. And, um, you know, not feeling like I could let anybody know what was going on with me. And so to be here on the other side and have shared that and put that episode out is just really, really amazing for me to feel in my body. And I'm just so grateful for the opportunity. Um, So continuing with the conversation about burnout, I wanted to go into more of an educational piece around burnout and human design and how they coincide, how they interact with each other. As always, I am not your medical professional, I am not your therapist, I'm not your coach, I am not, um, you know, giving you any legal or medical advice, and, uh, you know, that's got to be clear here that, you know, we're talking about the human design system and the information that it provides around burnout. However, your situation, just like mine, is going to be multi-layered, multifaceted, and because of that, there's going to be a unique set of tools that you're going to need to use for your own healing. I hope that this conversation about human design and burnout gives you some insight so that you can begin to explore your options and explore the tools that may work for you. And I also um, have some resources listed below in the show notes should you need a kickstart on finding um, professionals that can help support you through this. So just for a little overview of this episode, I'd love to talk with you about burnout in regards to the different types. So both sacral and non-sacral beings and how burnout presents in the vessels of each of these different types. And, you know, what are the warning signs and the things that we can see in order to help us to, um, you know, the things that are available in our human design that can help us prevent burnout, but also to deal with burnout if we have found ourselves in that position. In addition, I'd love to talk with you about a few places you can look in your chart to attune yourself to your alignment and your vitality so that you can, again, connect to your body and prevent burnout and also deal with burnout should you be uh, currently experiencing it. Okay, so let's dive right in. So let's talk first about sacral beings, and that's just because that's top of mind for me right now. It's, you know, what I've been working on in my own life. Um, I recently, and I put this on the blog 
in a couple of posts, but I recently had a little bit of another burnout situation and I was so grateful for the tools, uh, you know, obviously not as deep as the one that I described in the last episode, but with wedding planning, with flipping a house, with, you know, running my business and all the things that are going on, you know, as we get into the first couple months of the year, um, I began to feel a lot of those symptoms of burnout that we talked about last time, you know, start to creep back in, um, in small doses. And I was so grateful for my human design because it gave me a lens to understand myself and to come back to trust within my body to lead myself out of it. You know, I have a relationship with my body now because of my human design where I can relate to myself and the sensations that I'm feeling in a different way and through a different lens. And there's a curiosity and a compassion that is there now that wasn't there back then. Um, So yeah, it's not to say that just because you learn these things, you're never going to experience burnout again. Um, I wish that was the case, but basically what, what I'm letting you know in this episode is that there are tools that you can connect to within your human design that will allow you to get yourself back to level ground and back to an equilibrium um, when it is that you need it. Um, And I think that that's really powerful to be able to say, you know, whatever happens, I know that I can trust myself. I know that I have the tools that I need to move forward. So if you've got your sacral center defined and you are a manifesting generator or a generator, you are going to experience burnout than a non-sacral being. So you'll experience burnout differently than a manifester, a projector, or a reflector. With a defined sacral, you've got that consistent life and workforce energy. And with that comes the perception that you are able to go, 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 always be on the move, get things done, and work long hours, you know, all of these different misconceptions that come up or myths that come up when our language is not clear about describing sacral energy. Um, and really, you know, that was the way that we got into um our capitalistic structures now, according to the human design system, is that because a majority of the population or a large chunk of the population are sacral beings and, you know, do have this ability to um, continuously pour their energy into their passions and their work and their pleasures, um, you know, there was a a manipulation of that energy that then was used for capitalistic gains And, you know, this is why the nine to five culture and, you know, the past nine to five. So, you know, seven to eight or whatever. Some people are working. Oh, my gosh. I remember those times. Um, (laughs) That's why that sort of started to come up and why hustle culture and boss babe culture and all these different things started to come up. But in all reality, sacral beings need lots of rest, lots of play and lots of pleasure and, uh, when we are not giving ourselves that, our vitality completely suffers and the people around us that are pulling from our sacral center suffer as well. Um, But the difference between a sacral being and a non-sacral being is that when we begin to feel these sensations of, you know, feeling overworked or overtired or, you know, burnt out, um, our body still is sort of like this engine that keeps moving this train that keeps barreling down the tracks and the difficult thing about that is that it can be really 
really hard and challenging for a sacral being to pump the brakes to stop completely, but that is what's required of a sacral being. You know, we have within us the muscle memory to just keep moving and keep going. And, you know, regardless of how our body's feeling, it can feel really unsettling or uncomfortable to sit still. So for sacral beings, burnout can be really functional in nature. You know, we still might be going through the motions of what it is that we have on our plate or what it is that we've agreed to do, but ultimately the same energy is not behind it. And um, I want to point to a podcast episode that I listened to a few months ago that talked about this as well and I think is just such a great resource. Um, The podcast is called The Human Design Podcast and it's with Emma Dunwoody. And I'm not sure what number uh, podcast episode that is, but I'll put it in the show notes. A sacral being can feel really conscious of the fact that things aren't working in their environment or in their work or in the way that they're doing things. And yet the momentum of their vessel is so strong that they aren't able to actually stop. So it's kind of like when you're driving in a car and um, you know you, you hit something in front of you, your body still has that momentum regardless of if the car is moving or stopping. And so, you know, and goodness, this is taking me back to like high school science. Anyways, so that's why they have the seatbelt is to catch you and to block you from moving forward through the windshield. Um, because even if the car stops, you keep moving forward. Same thing with your human design and your body as a sacral being when you're in burnout. Your body begins to deteriorate, your body begins to shut down, but ultimately that momentum and that uh, pressure to keep moving overpowers the dexterity and the, like we said, vitality of your body. And, you know, you keep pushing forward and keep putting one foot in front of the other, um, even when the signals and sensations, the cues of your body are telling you to stop and slow down. Another telltale sign that I think is really interesting and also really sad about burnout in sacral beings is that there's an apathy that is there now that wasn't there before. So the things that once engaged us or created intrigue within our systems or turned us on, like the work that we're doing in the world or you know the mission that we're serving or the, the pastimes that brought us joy, they just don't do the same thing for us anymore. And there's almost this feeling of like, what's the point or why am I even doing this as we're moving forward through the motion? So our feet are moving, we're committing to the tasks, but the energy of, um, of passion is just not there. Um, and like I said, we're apathetic to um, our cause or our motivation within each and every task that we're working with. In order for a sacral being to actually heal from their burnout or to, you know, prevent their burnout even is to take notice, to be in connection with their body's cues and sensations and to force themselves into a stop or a pause um, to, you know, meet their body's needs and whatever it is that it's asking for. So as a sacral being, if you're feeling burnt out and you feel that momentum pushing you forward, that pressure pushing you forward, it's really important to consciously turn on the brakes and consciously create space to pause, create space to stop 
because otherwise your body is not going to stop. Your, your mind is going to keep directing your body to move forward and uh, that what you're doing isn't enough or that you're not worthy of rest or that you're not worthy of play or pleasure and that there's things that need to be done. I think if you're anything like me, when that was going on for me, I was, I was hoping that someone would just notice and tap me on the shoulder and say, you know, take a break, you know, put your feet up, uh, you know, you're doing way too much, but ultimately it doesn't work that way. We have to, as sacral beings, um, connect to our own awareness of our stopping points and create, like I said, create the space in order for us to stop. And so, you know, what can this look like? This can look like uh, a long break from work if it's possible for you. This could also look like, you know, engaging with rest, play, and pleasure in your day-to-day and supplementing what you're already doing, um, you know, in your day-to-day with these things, creating small pockets of space if that's more accessible to you. But I think awareness does have to be placed on what it is that you are doing to counteract the pauses, the pleasures, the, you know, the resting that you're doing. And, uh, you know, is, are you sabotaging that little bit of work each and every day with bigger things that are negating your body's needs? And so we're going to talk about that later on in this episode. Where are some other places that you can make sure that you are positively engaging with your alignment through your human design so that these pauses that you're taking are actually benefiting you are actually you know seeping into your body and creating healing and creating pathways for your vitality i think the other tricky thing about sacral beings and um, you know healing themselves from burnout or you know preventing burnout is that there is a level of exertion that's needed in order for us to remain healthy within our vessels. So, you know, a, a sacral being in human design is kind of like a full battery each and every morning. And each day we're meant to fully deplete that battery so that when we go to sleep, we're able to completely recharge. I always say it's kind of like having a computer or, you know, something with an internal battery and not allowing it to die before you plug it in and just keep continuously keeping it on the charger it begins to degrade the battery and the battery life begins to lessen and you know you end up having to take your computer in for for uh you know tech support when really nothing has happened other than the fact that you've just kept it plugged in for too long basically sacral beings are like that each and every day we have to do a certain level of exertion and you know expression in order for our bodies to fully deplete and in order for us to feel exhausted when we go to sleep, um, which contributes to a healthful sleep for us. So it may seem really counterintuitive to say, I feel burnt out and I still need to exert myself and I need to make sure that the exertion that I'm doing is not contributing to my burnout. But there's a fine line and a delicate balance that we have to strike as sacral beings um, to find things that are you know, yes, exertion, but are that are contributing to our vitality and that are not taxing on our systems. So art, creativity, pleasure, play, these things are really beautiful exertion tools that can not only assist us in um, continuing to be healthy within our vessels, you know, each and every day and, you know, connecting us with a healthful sleep, but also to stave off and heal from burnout. 
Physical movement is really important for sacral beings. And, you know, when someone's feeling burnt out, it can feel really enticing and um, more easeful to not move, to not rest. And yet this contributes to our restlessness later on. So checking in with your body, asking your body yes and no questions for sacral beings about what it is that your body would like to do um, in terms of movement for that day and what would feel good to your body, what would feel pleasurable to your body um, is really important as an, and is an important tool that you can connect to. The other thing is, you know, connecting to creativity just for creativity's sake, especially if you have a business or you are an online creator like I am, there's a lot of pressure put on our creative spirit as um, manifesting generators and as generators. And, you know, our ability to be consistent within our creative energy is something that we've warped and exploited in order to, you know, please an algorithm if we're working on Instagram, for example. And uh, it can feel really weird to just create for ourselves and to just engage with creativity for creation's sake and for joyous sake. Um, But that's important too. And that is something, you know, that expresses our energy or exerts our energy and helps us deplete that battery. So to recap, if you're a sacral being and you're feeling burnt out, it's important to slow down, get intentional and connect with your body and ask yourself what it is that you're needing um, in your day to day in order to get yourself back to health and safety within your own vitality. This could mean going on a long trip, taking a break from work, taking a break from your commitments um, for a longer period of time. It can also mean engaging in small bursts with pleasure, rest, and play in your day-to-day. And the amount of time that's going to take to help you heal, um, in addition to the other things that you're going to be doing um, to you know, connect yourself to the resources that you're needing, um, depending on which symptoms you have and you know whatever else is coming up for you, like we talked about in the beginning, Um, it's going to take some time, you know, depending on how much time you're willing and able and is accessible for you to commit to your pause, your stop, um, is going to be the time, the amount of time that it takes for you to feel better. Um, and again, you know, for me and, you know, many sacral beings, if we've been negating our body for a really long time, it might take a longer pause or a longer period of, pleasure in the day-to-day, you know, intentionally and consistently in order for us to start to feel better. Um, So, you know, have patience and continue to remember your why. Vanessa Henry, who's an awesome human design creator and and, uh, educator, um, she talks about how sacral beings, we are this train that's moving down this track. And even if we're barreling towards the wrong direction, um, it's really difficult for us to completely change change lanes, change gears, um, and to move in the opposite direction. So if we're barreling towards burnout, we need to come to that complete stop before we can switch tracks and go in the opposite way. So allow yourself that time to fully let your wheels stop and then pick the way forward, pick the way of alignment so that the next time you get moving, you're headed in the correct direction for you. So now let's get to the non-sacral beings. So the manifestors, the projectors, the reflectors, how does burnout show up for you in your bodies according to the human design system? 
So without a sacral center defined, um, with an undefined or open sacral center, depending on your specific chart, what that means is that you do not have consistent access to work or life force energy from your own vessel. You take in the sacral energy of those around you, you, your body processes it, and you amplify it. Now, the challenging thing about this for you, just like sacral beings have their own set of challenges, is that your body, because it amplifies sacral energy, it can fool you into thinking that you have more energy reserved than you actually do. It can fool you into thinking that you're able to move further on a task or move faster or more consistently on a task than your body actually has energy for. And so there comes a point when you're working through things or moving with things that your body begins to slowly disengage from itself and the commitment at hand. Um, And, you know, there's a depletion that takes place immediately. This might be why some people that are non-sacral beings feel so, you know, worn out um, after a long day of being with sacral energy. Like in the moment, it feels really good. It feels juicy. It feels delicious. It feels like you have this boundless energy that you can then utilize, which is great. And if you're not careful to expel the sacral energy, you can burn yourself out just like, you know, a match or a fuse being burnt out. According to the human design system, when you are burnt out, unlike the sacral being, you can't continue to move forward. Your body really begins to um, shut down in the now and your ability to move forward is completely hindered. Some ways this can show up are like long periods of exhaustion, um, repeated illnesses or long periods of illnesses, um, you know, different things physically moving within the body that make it difficult to move forward or make it feel like you can't move forward. But with all that being said, you still have the mental pressure of society and, you know, what you've taken on from society and internalized telling you that you're only as good or as worthy as what it is that you put out and that your value to the world is based upon what you do to serve other people or what you give to other people. So even though your body's not physically able to move and you're not physically able to do the tasks, there's still that pressure. Um, There's still that fear that comes in that you're going to be left behind or that um, you're not going to be successful if you don't do the things or if you're not consistent with the energy that you just don't have. I see this in a lot of the entrepreneurs that I work with and that I, you know, that are my colleagues and Um, When they're non-sacral beings who are feeling burnout, the pressure to perform is so present that it can feel like if they don't, they'll be left behind. And, um, you know, what happens is they begin to try their, their hardest to put one foot forward on the task. And one element of the task itself or one task in general can just take them out for the rest of the day. And, um, unfortunately, what they need to be doing according to their human design, you know, in addition to checking in with the correct professionals for, you know, yourself, what you need to be doing is resting and replenishing and allowing your body to soak in pleasure and, you know, connecting to your body in a safe and compassionate way um, so that you can restore your own energy and 
have a healthy vessel to withstand the pressure, withstand the, um, the sheer volume of sacral energy that's around you. Because what happens is if your vessel isn't healthy and you continue to go out into the world and continue to take on sacral energy, you're continuing to amplify that energy within your own system and continuing to burn your vessel out. So to recap, as a non-sacral being, your commitment to rest, play, and pleasure in your everyday um, is what's going to prevent you from getting into a burnout situation in addition to the things that you're doing in order to expel sacral energy. Um, And those are the things that are also going to help you heal from burnout. Um, So it's so important to prioritize those things and prioritize a commitment to those things in your day-to-day because of the fact that just like we talked about in the beginning um, our systems for work and success were built on the exploitation of sacral energy Um, for non-sacral beings I don't want to gloss over the fact that it can be really scary to prioritize rest play and pleasure um, in your work and in your day-to-day because what's being continuously brought to the forefront of our messaging um, or the messaging towards us is that working hard, hustling, negating your body, um, putting your work before yourself, putting others before yourself is what's ultimately going to lead you to success. And so I think first and foremost, before you can dive into that relationship with those three factors is your ability to interrogate and um, connect to curiosity and compassion for the version of you that feels it's unsafe to engage with those things. And especially if you're an entrepreneur, to reflect on your responsibility to yourself and to your mission and take baby steps so that your nervous system can acclimate to the experience of prioritizing your rest, your play, your pleasure, adding in small doses each and every day, taking tiny breaks, you know, going back to the basics of listening to your body and giving it water, food, bathroom breaks, you know, sleep when it's asking for it. Um, And then, you know, slowly and incrementally uh, adding on space and time from there. and ultimately, especially if you're an entrepreneur, it's, it's your responsibility to create the space for yourself in order to do those things. And just like the sacral being, it might not be in your reality to take a month or a year long break right now. And can you give yourself 10 minutes a day? Can you give yourself 15 minutes a day? Can you give yourself an hour a day? Um, to serve yourself and allow it to grow from there. That's where we begin. So let's move on to part two of this episode where I would love to talk with you about the different elements of your chart that you can research or engage with um, through your embodiment to supplement some of the things that we've already talked about um, when it comes to prioritizing your vitality and dealing with burnout um, if you find yourself there. And again, I want you to take each of these things and put it together with the information that we just talked about um, regarding your sacral center and you know explore through your own embodiment how these things can assist you in your own process um, you know how they stack up against each other or with each other 
and you know where your process may differ from someone else's. Number one, I would definitely say check in with your authority. So attune yourself to your own decision-making process through your human design. This is so important because this allows us to understand within our body our own yes and our own no, our own levels of consent. And typically what I find within you know, my own journey, but also with the clients that I work with and the things that I've read um, within the human design system is that typically with burnout, we can find a negation of our body's needs. We can find a space where we went against our body's boundaries or a space where we did not listen to our body's non-consent and moved past our body's no. So knowing your own unique authority and the way that those sensations related to your authority show up in your body is going to allow you to, um, in the moment, have that muscle memory to recognize the sensations coming up and to have the trust to move forward with what it is that your body is saying. A common example of something that can connect us to burnout is people pleasing, right? And this is something that I work on a lot with my clients because I am someone that used to people please a lot, that occasionally people pleases. Uh, And even this like recent bout of burnout, I think was a direct or directly correlated to a lot of people pleasing that I was doing around my wedding and, you know, different things like that. And people pleasing is really negating our own body's needs in order to manipulate the material to create a reality where we can meet our perception of someone else's needs so we think that if we negate what our body is saying that we're ultimately going to put ourselves in the good graces of that other person and make the situation better even if it means we are doing so at our own expense but when we cross our own boundaries and negate our bodies no this can directly lead us into uh, burnout territory So the important thing is to get into a relationship with your body sensationally where you can differentiate between the sensation of discomfort that might cause you or catalyze you into people pleasing versus a sensation of a yes or a no in your body. And, you know, how do these things measure up against each other? So I can tell specifically when I'm feeling that discomfort in my body that's going to invite me into a people-pleasing behavior versus when I'm feeling the yes or the no of my authority. Depending on what your authority is and where it shows up in your body, so if you're emotional, if you're sacral, you're splenic, etc., your sensation is going to be different and unique, um, to you and to your body. So checking out and connecting with the landscape of your body in moments where a decision does not have to be made, but you know, conjuring up memories, conjuring up um, instances that you can call back on, you know, a time where you had to use your authority or a time where you were making a decision and sensations came up will help you relate to that um, in the next instance where a decision has to be made. The second place I would invite you to check in with um, in your human design chart in regards to burnout is your undefined or open centers. So if a center is white on your human design chart, um, it means that, or we call it undefined. If it's, if it's white, if it's not filled in, and you also have no gates surrounding it filled in with color, um, and those are also undefined, we call it open. So if, you're, if any of your centers are undefined or opened, 
I'd be really mindful of the energy that you have taken in and amplified. So very similar to what we just talked about with non-sacral beings and how they can take in sacral energy and amplify it. I would invite you to, to check in with yourself within your other centers, um, you know, regardless of if you're a sacral being or a non-sacral being, where do you have centers that are undefined and what type of energy are you taking on and amplifying from the people around you? What are some practices that you can step into to expel that energy and to sift through that energy, allowing you to, you know, take stock of what's actually yours or what you would actually like to hold on to. I say this a lot with people that have um, undefined emotional solar plexuses, (laughs) solar plexi, I never know, that have an emotional solar plexus that's undefined or open. You know, it's so important to sift through that material and to be mindful of what it is that you're holding on to from the people around you um, because ultimately holding all of that weight, all of that material can be very taxing on the body and can, you know, deplete your energy, um, deplete your, your resources. So being conscious of that is really important. And then, like I said, cultivating practices to expel is also very important. And I think our undefined centers get a little bit of a bad rap and people are always talking about conditioning there and, you know, how you have to expel. So, I'd be remiss not to talk about our defined center, so let's talk about that. That's going to be number three. Checking in with your defined centers and the consistent energy um, that's that's living there and sifting through that energy and checking in to say, you know, is this what is what can is what is cons- <laughs> oh my gosh, is what is consistently showing up healthy for me? Is what is consistently showing up from this center aligned for me? And if not, where is it that I pick that up from and how is it that I can expel that from this defined center? So, you know, for example, as a sacral being, we have consistent energy to life and workforce energy like we talked about because we have our defined sacrals. However, there's a lot of unhealth that can get trapped into, in, those set, in that center and that can become the consistent energy. Um, I have all my centers defined. So my process is checking in with my body, checking in with these centers and saying, what's living here and should it be? So for example, I have a defined Ajna and consistently what can come up is, um, you know, overthinking is weighing the sides way too many times is analyzing and dissecting over and over and over and over again. And for me, as a three-line, as a sacral being, as someone who is body-led, you know, taking the space to do that much considering and that much research can be a hindrance to my health, can be something that is actually increasing my anxiety rather than making me feel a readiness a readiness and a preparedness like maybe a one line would feel. So I have to be mindful of, you know, why is it that I'm getting trapped into this headspace? Why is it that I'm getting trapped into this consistent energy? What is it about this process of, you know, overanalyzing that's making me feel like I'm in control, like I am, you know, like I have something that not doing it wouldn't provide me, you know, like safety, for example, 
and um, you know how can I expel the energy and jump into an expression of curiosity an expression of inquisitiveness that's actually very yummy rather than you know anxiety producing for example the next space in your human design chart that I would suggest you look at is the section above your body graph where the, the arrows are these are called our variables and within our variables we have something called a personal health system which allows us to understand how we uniquely need to engage with ourselves within our health for our unique vessels so the way that we feed ourselves the way the environment that we place ourselves in the things that we need when it comes to movement and sleep you know etc the first space within your variables that i would direct you to is your top left uh arrow so the the arrow that's on the top left Uh, it might be right facing it might be left facing but this is your determination arrow and your determination is basically in layman's terms, how you feed yourself. So the nutrition that you're bringing in, whether that's in in the form of food or in the form of information or material in some form or manner. So, you know, one example would be um, not only, like we said, your diet, what you're eating each and every day and how that's sustaining you, but also, you know, what type of news are you taking in? What type of study are you taking in? You know, what conversations are you taking in? Different things like that. That's just one example of how it could be, you know, literal, like literally food or metaphorical. Like how are we feeding ourselves? How are we nourishing ourselves in a different way? Your determination is so important because if your body is not able to process information or nutrients in the correct way, it is going to show up as your body not feeling Um, as healthy as it could it is going to show up as your body feeling like it's not retaining um, like we said the nutrients that it needs in order to feel healthy knowing what you're consuming is so important so other you know non-food examples that I would direct you to within your determination is like what types of things are you taking in on social media what types of accounts are you following are you engaging or you know doom scrolling or you know, putting the news on first thing in the morning and um, filling your body to the brim with uh, these difficult pieces of information to digest or these conflicting uh, nutrients that your body can't actually process. Um, And in what ways does your body process information best and how can you actually utilize that to inform the way that you engage with the world around you and take in information from social media or from the news or from the books or movies or shows that you're engaging with, for example. All of these things can definitely contribute to your burnout, can definitely contribute to leading you on the path to burnout, Um, especially if you're someone that has triggers and is someone that you know we live in a very traumatic world unfortunately and uh and we're constantly being inundated with traumatic material and if we're not careful like we talked about in the last episode we can experience uh, symptoms of vicarious trauma that can actually deplete our systems just just like if we were the ones that were experiencing the trauma ourselves Um, So it's so important to be mindful of what it is that you're taking on. 
let me just use myself and my determination as an example to try to accurately portray what it is that I am um, inviting you into within your own exploration of your own chart. So my determination is hot thirst, meaning that there has to be a process of transformation or alchemization of the food or the nutrients or the material that I'm taking in before my body can properly digest it. So I'm constantly craving, you know, hot drinks. And, you know, my partner and I always laugh because even if we've just made dinner, I always have to heat it up right before I eat it. I need it to be like piping hot. (laughs) I'm like that person that eats their soup and it's like burning their mouth, but it's like, that's the only way I can eat it. Um, So my body naturally craves hot things like that. Um, And if I force myself to drink cold things or eat cold things or eat raw food, I do have a little bit of digestive issues that come up. So nutritionally, you know, with food, it's really important for me to be mindful of the food that I'm putting into my body and how it's prepared so that my vessel can gain all the nutrients that it needs and, you know, that contributes to my health overall. When it comes to things that are not food and applying this determination information to that, um, think of it as like warming up my body. So I need to have my body warmed up before I process difficult information or process difficult material or triggering material um, so that the experience of it is not as jarring so that my body can actually digest it. So this means that you know, scrolling on social media and having something pop up and, you know, having to process it in the moment can actually jolt me into um, a negative experience, which can then, you know, hinder the way that I process that information, hinder the actions that I take next, um, and also not make me feel good for the rest of the day um, or for a prolonged period of time even after that. So, you know, cultivating practices for myself to warm myself up before I engage with my social media feed, for example, or before I engage with the news is really important for me. Choosing spaces where I do that, choosing times where I do that, where I'm ready to engage. Um, Another example is like having conversations with people and um, checking in with my own body before I engage in a space of conversation where I'm going to have to do emotional heavy lifting for that person. So, you know, checking in with myself, am I warmed up enough to do this? Am I feeling okay enough to do this? And I really think everybody should do that. Um, But, you know, this is how I apply it to my own determination um, within my own life. Those are just a couple of examples, but, um, and there's many other ways that you can apply determination to your own exploration of your health. But, um, you know, just wanted to give a little bit of a example for you to chew on. The next variable that I will invite you to explore um, as you are checking in with yourself before burnout or after burnout, you know, healing from it or preventing it, Um, is your environment. Your environment variable is directly underneath your determination variable. And this allows us to understand what the correct environment is for you. Where does your body thrive? And depending on whether your environment is an observed or an observer environment, your correct environment is going to either calm or energize you. And it's important to understand that distinction because of the way that it evokes sensation within our bodies and 
um, allows us to calibrate to the correct environment for us. When we are not in the correct environment for us as outlined by our human design, our body's needs cannot adequately be met. It's important to take a look at your environment that you're currently in and how it measures up to the environment that is meant for you. Because if you're not in the correct environment and your, your body's needs cannot adequately be met, then you're beginning the depletion process that ultimately leads into burnout slowly but surely. Again, just using my own variables as an example, I'm a markets environment and I am an observer environment. So the correct environment will calm me. Markets people really enjoy browsing. They enjoy exchanging information and ideas and commerce. And, uh, you know, but ultimately the, the main thing that's important to an environment of markets is accessibility. So accessibility to our favorite things, accessibility to, accessibility to the things that we and our bodies need. Where I grew up, uh, it was a rural area. And so my favorite places were not accessible to my house um, in the space of time that I needed them to be. In my opinion, they were way too far. Um, and I always felt kind of landlocked um, or maybe that's not the right way, right way to say it, but I just felt locked into place rather than, you know, visually or what's coming up is like the ability to move, the ability to pivot. I was not able to do that as freely um, because everything that uh, was a good place to go, in my opinion, was about 20 minutes away. So, you know, I feel the difference of that, whereas where I live now feels really accessible to me because of the fact that I can basically walk everywhere that I want to go. Um, I work from home. I, you know, go to the gym that's down the street. My favorite coffee place is on the corner. Um, you know, there's a convenience store. There's, um, you know, there's all these different things. There's restaurants around. There's a pet store down the street. There's a bunch of different things that I can engage with quickly, which makes my body feel like it has the freedom to move which makes me feel as a manifesting generator that I can quickly pivot and, um, you know, engage with my space in different ways throughout the day, which feels really nourishing to my system. And I have access to, um, you know, different people, different thoughts, conversations around me in the community that I live in. And because I work from home, I also have to be mindful of the fact that if I'm not intentional, even if the space that I physically live in, like where my house is plopped onto a piece of land, even if that is a great marketplace for me, the marketplace within my own space um, may not be correct. And I have to intentionally and dil diligently engage with a marketplace in my own home, for example. Choosing to listen to podcasts by different people on different topics is really important for me within my marketplace. Um, you know, watching YouTube videos is another way that I engage with my marketplace. Um, you know, my, the way that my desk is set up even, for example, it's everything is very accessible and I can pivot into a different thing pretty easily. So I could be writing an Instagram post and then just turn to my left and grab my podcasting mic. If I'm doing that and I want to talk about a specific thing within human design, my bookshelf is right next to my desk and I can grab my book from there and you know whatever it may be so accessibility is really important to me as a person with a markets environment so for me when I'm feeling burnt out 
it's really important for me to connect to my curiosity around accessibility within my life, around the feeling that I have towards my ability to move, towards my ability to pivot. Do I feel locked into place? Do I feel unable to do what it is that I want to do in the moment that I want to do it? Have I adhered myself to commitments that don't feel correct for me? Have I not allowed myself to keep a fluidity within my day-to-day, within my schedule that allows me to bop around and, you know, change pace, change change uh, directions, for example? Your environment may not be markets, and so it's important to check in with, like I said, what your environment should be for your own ability to be in your alignment through the lens of your human design versus the environment that you're currently engaging with and um, you know how you've stepped into transference within that place you know we've all been in a space like for example like a party where (laughs) you just like didn't know anybody or you didn't want to talk to anybody or you didn't feel comfortable and you just felt how you know physically your body could kind of shrink against that or could you know your, your ability to feel enlivened or feel excited about where you were or what you were doing was compromised. And so think about that the same way with your environment. If you're not in the correct environment, your body cannot expand in the way that it needs to. Your body cannot fully express in the way that it needs to. And that in and of itself can contribute to feelings of burnout. And finally, I would direct you to look at your cognition, which is your super sense. So your cognition is not only the sense that is heightened when you're in your alignment, but it's also the way that we engage with our alignment through our senses. And again, just like with determination being, you know, literal and metaphorical, your senses are the exact same thing. So for example, if you're someone with a taste cognition, And you're consistently engaging with things that just don't taste good to you, whether that's food or whether that's people or situations or information. And you're just forcing force feeding yourself with these things that just like leave a bad taste in your mouth. Ultimately, that's going to hinder your ability to decipher um, tastes and you know, weed out tastes that don't feel good to you or aren't good for you. Within our senses and our experience of our senses, there's a mindfulness that gets to take place where we slow down and tap into our sensuality. And this slowing down, this intentionality of, you know, connecting with our own body and our own senses is one of those pathways that moves us towards the ability to create space for pleasure rest, play. So engaging with the correct cognition for you or your your connect, your cognition as laid out by your human design is not only going to allow you to tap into your feelings of alignment, but it's also going to tap in tap you into your feelings of power within your own um, autonomy, your own self-responsibility, your own ability to create space for yourself. The embodiment of all of these things that I've suggested you look into is really where the magic lies because it's it's one thing to understand, you know, 
how your body takes on sacral energy if you're a non-sacral being, how your body processes through things like burnout, what types of things you need to be doing to nourish your body, um, you know, what type of sleep you're needing to engage with. But it's a completely different thing to actually be prioritizing the doing of those things. Rest, pleasure, and play are all really important elixirs for preventing and healing from burnout. But ultimately, the medicine does not work unless you take it. And allowing yourself to look into your human design can illuminate some of the areas of the quote-unquote how to engage yourself in the spaciousness that's needed for you to heal. So whether you are currently in a state of burnout and are just looking for some tools to assist you to you know, get to the other side, or you're someone that is consciously creating their embodied legacy and wants to ensure that they are intentionally engaging with their day-to-day in a way that prevents burnout and you know, prioritizes their vitality, your human design is a wonderful blueprint for you to tap into and find the codes that are uniquely meant for you in your own life and in your own body. So I hope that this episode begins to get your wheels turning on how you can more properly serve yourself and connect to yourself and to your health and your vitality. And I also hope that it is validating for you in whatever phase of life that you're in right now in that, you know, there are a lot of things obviously that can contribute to your burnout, but there's also a lot of things that can contribute to your healing too. And we only just scratched the surface here, honestly. And that's why I love coaching human design embodiment, teaching human design embodiment, being in spaces with people um, where I'm able to be a way shower for um, the illumination of what's already available to them within their own vessel. Um, Because ultimately, like we've just been talking about this entire episode, all of the tools that you need to, you know, connect yourself to your vitality and to prevent and heal from burnout are actually within your body. And so whereas burnout is a negation of the body that creates, you know, physical, mental, and emotional symptoms, human design provides us with the tools to attune to the body in order to meet these areas head on at the root of the issues. So if you are looking for intentional support around navigating your human design and prioritizing your embodied legacy, your vitality, your pleasure, your joy, I want to invite you into a space with me that I am so excited to introduce into the world around us, and that is the space of my human design immersions. So human design immersion packages combine coaching and human design reading in order for you to kickstart the actual embodiment of the material that we cover in your human design interpretation reading. So a lot of times what will happen after reading is that we can feel very overwhelmed with the information or the volume of information that was provided and can feel unsure of what step to take next. And so I've, you know, heard your asks. I have, you know, also heard the ask for um, more economical and accessible coaching containers, um, private coaching containers rather. And so what I've come up with is the human design immersion where not only will you receive a human design reading with me, whether that's basic, advanced, pleasure focused, business focused, whatever it may be, 
but you'll also receive Voxer support and coaching sessions depending on which length of package you select. So I have a one month package, which is the uh, reading as well as Voxer support. So you can ask any questions that you may have. You can check in with me as you are navigating the material in your day-to-day life. You can, you know, share with me any wins that you have, um, receive support, whatever it may be. And that will go for a month. Or you can do the three-month package, which in addition to the Voxer support and the human design reading, also comes with two 60-minute coaching sessions where you will receive personalized coaching based on your unique human design in order to tap you into the somatic experience of living out your human design experiment. We'll work with your nervous system to calibrate you to your levels of alignment. We'll connect you to the sensations within your body so that you can move forward knowing that you can utilize your vessel as a tool for alignment and so much more. If this offer feels exciting, juicy, yummy to you like it does to me, I'd love for you to go to my website, www.resilientandrising.com, where you will find a whole immersion page that outlines everything that you need to know about these programs, their pricing, and the payment plans that are available for them. Um, as of now, so right now as I'm recording this me- this message, <laughs> this podcast episode, um, I am planning to do a sale for April, which is my birthday month, um, which will discount the immersions for about a month. And, um, you know, if you're listening to this past April, be on the lookout because I might run a sale like this again. But for the entire month of April and probably a little bit into to May, you will find the, of 2023, you'll find that I'm doing a sale that discounts the price of both the one month and the three month. So if you're listening to this and you're like, okay, I just want to try this. I just want to, you know, see what this would be like. I want to do a little taste test of it. Jump into the one month with me and, you know, let's see what we can do about engaging you with your human design on a deeper level past the intellectual understanding or past the information gathering of it. And if you're ready to dive even deeper, um, this is a perfect time for you to get into that three month because there is a discount which makes the deal even that much sweeter. Whether you are feeling that yes in your body now or whether you need some more time to feel out your authority, um, I just want you to know that you can always send me a message here Uh, well, not here, but on Instagram or through my email, Delaney at resilientandrising.com in order to ask any questions that you may have that will help you in your decision-making process. But yeah, I look forward to talking to you if your body feels like a yes for this opportunity at any point. So thank you so much for listening to this episode. I love getting to chat with you about human design and how you can begin to explore your own chart to benefit your life and to, again, prioritize your vitality. And I just want to thank you for spending time with me today and allowing me to share what I love with you. It's such a joy and such an honor. I will see you next time. Thanks so much. Bye.